welcome to the Soulbound podcast, where you can tag along as we journey to Korea and immerse ourselves into the K-culture. No plane required. We are Ophili and Kevin, two friends and Korea enthusiasts. On the agenda today, we'll tell you a story and share one thing about Korea that we liked. Ophili, how are you feeling Christmas? Is it snow and cold in Seoul as well? It's not snowy, really. It's uh, rainy, windy. It's not the best, <laughs> but the, the weather is very, very blue. So Christmas is coming up nicely. Just don't really have any gifts, I guess. So <laughs> we'll have to deal with that. What about you? The gift giving part, I'm quite organized this year. We're going with the Secret Santa concept. So the stress overall is quite reduced and um, I was already able to get the couple of gifts I had to. Although, not sure if this is really in the spirit of Christmas, but... I mean, what's the spirit of Christmas but making other people happy and yourself happy, right? True. We also have a similar concept in my family where uh, every one of us makes a list. So I don't really know about the surprise when you, you know, can connect online and see who reserved your gifts. So you kind of know already what you're going to get if you connect again on the link, but <laughs> it's still quite nice to get what you want. And also if people want to surprise you, they still can. But if they don't have any idea, they can go on Amazon. <laughs> it's pretty practical. This sounds like a wedding <laughs> registry. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it's like a wedding list <laughs> of gifts, you know. People can just participate as much as they want. <laughs> Fair enough. So maybe today you have a Christmas story to tell about Korea? Yes, actually. Talking about the weather. Uh, regarding the cold. Before I left for Seoul in July, June, which was unbearably hot and humid. <laughs> Let's remind the year. It was 2016, right? Yes. When I packed for my one-year trip to Korea, it was very clear in my naive thinking that this was going to be an Asia trip. So Asia trip for me equals warm and humid. And uh, oh, was I wrong in my young years? <laughs> so... There was no warm clothing packed in all of my luggage when October and November started rolling in in Seoul and the temperature started to drop. I think in December we reached minus 15, minus 18 degrees. Sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> which was quite a surprise to me. Obviously, I, you know, I got to adapt to this and realize this, but... Every time now that uh, winter just rolls in, I kind of get teleported back to these times where I was just, this just rolled over me. I had no idea that, especially Seoul, was getting so cold. It was windy and also snowy. I can't believe you didn't realize end of October that it was going to get super cold, like that you waited to be in minus 15 to worry about this. <laughs> uh, at every point, you know, every every week I was like, oh, you know. This, this might still turn around. <laughs> the hope. The weather drops 10 degrees by 10 degrees. So by end of October, you're still around 25 degrees, 30 degrees, depending on days. Exactly. And then suddenly it's 15 and the week after it's 5 and the week after it's minus 10. And you don't know what happened. <laughs> it just drops like this on you. It's very brutal, let's say. But I still can't believe you didn't look up the weather before coming because Korea has such extreme weather. <laughs> this was, of course, this was dumb. To be fair, I, I didn't have to look it up because Korean dramas helped me a little bit with figuring that out beforehand because there were so many dramas that happen in winter and they're wearing those super thick coats on top of other coats. 
<laughs> so I felt from looking at that and the snow that was falling that it was a pretty big thing to be cold in winter in Korea. They also have this superstition that if as a couple you see the first snow together, you'll stay in love forever or something like this. So this actually comes up a lot in TV shows. And obviously if it snows, it's cold. <laughs> You missed the memo. And I guess this is a very good point in the favor of watching K-dramas more before going to Korea. No doubt this is an excellent preparation method. Combining entertainment and joy. Uh, combining entertainment <laughs> and preparation. And all the blogs I read and all the preparations I did that didn't show up. You don't correlate Korea with cold and with snow, I guess. Or I didn't. Now I do. Yeah, you didn't. I... I've met a lot of people and I don't think anyone was like that surprised. I think some people were surprised at how bad it got. They were expecting some cold, but they weren't expecting minus 15 or minus 20 some years. Also, you get this really cold, biting wind that freezes you from inside. It's not very fun. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just uh, thinking of this, these Siberian winds, right, that sweep down uh, from the north. I mean, there might be also something about the mountains, because let's not forget that Seoul has more than four mountains inside of the city. <laughs> so this is also a part of it. Like this is a very mountainous city, which means mountainous uh, weather. Even though I guess in Switzerland, I don't know if you guys actually call those mountains mountains, but... <laughs> I, I was going to alert to this, but yes. I... <laughs> yeah, they have a couple of hills. <laughs> So for anyone but Swiss people, this is mountains, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I mean, also remember, we're not a science podcast, so <laughs> don't know how these winds come there. <laughs> I don't know why they're so cold, but they are. This I know. The streets are quite frozen, and as you say, it's hilly. I think you had some interesting experiences as you were living on a hill. Right now, I am sure as hell praying that it actually doesn't snow before I leave because I am on top of a hill which is at a 70% inclination at this point. It's 70%? I don't know. I'm, like you said, we are not a science podcast, but it's pretty intense, okay? I hike every day to go home. If that street gets iced, I might just die before I reach back home. <laughs> Honestly, Seoul is so hilly. There's so many neighborhoods like this. Every year in the news, they actually cover this. People sliding down and risking hurting themselves because it just happens all around the city. Yeah, I really hope it's not going to snow. Sliding down accidentally? Accidentally. Not, not on purpose. Purposefully. Not oh, on purpose. Okay. <laughs> it would be cool to do that on purpose, though. Sounds dangerous as well. I guess you can do it at a ski resort, but I've never gone to one. Have you gone to a ski resort in Korea? As I'm not necessarily an avid skier, this is not something I got around to do. Mm. But I think they're quite famous for being very family-friendly entertainment places to go and, and have a good time. Yeah, they, they, they have saunas, good food, friendly K-pop blaring on the slopes, you know. <laughs> no, I think it has a very nice atmosphere. I don't know if it's the best place to ski, but having myself never skied in my whole life, I don't think I'm the best person to ask for advice on that particular topic <laughs> so so what i heard again i haven't been there myself but is that it's quite good for beginners mm. as the slopes are not too steep and the snow is prepared it's a, it's a rather easy ride 
less freestyle and more well-made well-made slopes i guess it's very accurate for korea i feel it's like when you hike you just go on those stairs that are really well arranged and you, you follow the path they, they don't want any accident they want everything to feel as easy as possible so you can complain about it being a bit less natural but also in many ways it's more accessible it's not accessible to everyone not in the sense that we use accessibility for uh, handicapped people but it feels more accessible to all generations people that are beginner people that are more advanced etc so yeah it's still pretty cool but yeah, one thing one thing you can probably do as at those ski resorts as well is eat a lot of food and what are your favorite food at christmas kevin because there's not really any food that's specific to Christmas or traditional here, but there is a lot of street food that you can enjoy at Christmas because it's suddenly so much better because it's warm and, and nice. What's your favorite? So as we discussed a couple of times before, the street food scene is very strong in Seoul. And of course, also when it's cold out, the street food scene is thriving. And I think what I can think of as the first thing was... And every time when we would walk out of the school, we would get those little fish-shaped cakes. Do you remember those? Yeah, I mean, how can I forget? I literally ate this every day for like three months. <laughs> I used to buy them so much and give, give, them, give some of them to you because I couldn't buy a little quantity. It wasn't really possible. You could only buy a minimum of five or seven little fish waffles with sweet bean paste inside. They're called punkobang. And they're so good. I can't even. <laughs> they're the best hand warmer. And then you get to eat them. It's the best thing. So I would just buy them and give half of them to you because I couldn't eat the whole thing by myself. Or it wouldn't be very healthy to do that every day. <laughs> that sounds about right. So really, they usually are in, in fish form. Yes. About as big as a hand, I guess. Yeah, it depends if you get the big ones or the little ones. I think the one I used to get were more like palm size. So the little ones are palm yeah. size. And if you get the big ones, they're really big. They're really like hand size. Exactly. And then they have two waffles. Fill them with red bean paste. Take them together. Then you have a three-dimensional little fish made out of waffles filled with red bean paste. Red bean paste is very hot. So as soon as you bite off a piece of the fish, there's just delicious steam streaming out and uh, it's a good experience this is making me so hungry <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a it's a great food because it's not too sweet i mean it is sweet of course but it doesn't feel like i don't remember it being this ultra sweet dessert i think it's the red bean because it's red bean it gets less sweet i think it's more it just has a quality to it that even though there's often quite a bit of sugar actually in there for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't doubt it that it is <laughs> it's sweet, but it doesn't taste sweet. Like it doesn't have the, the sweetness that other desserts have, mm. I feel. I mean, we used to always get pumopang with red bean paste, but now they also do it with custard and chocolate. There's oh. other taste going on. There's not only red bean paste, but I'm traditional. Now that I made this a, a habit in winter, I, I want to keep it <laughs> with the red bean paste. This, this is so good. Aren't strawberries in season in Korea now? They're in season in, uh, in winter. Yeah, yeah. You probably remember them from, you know, in Myeongdong. So Myeongdong is uh, this uh, very, 
very commercial uh, neighborhood that we talked about that Kevin loves. And in the main street, there are so many street food stalls. It's one of it's a famous street food stall um, area. And they always sold those strawberries dipped in either sugar or chocolate or something else. But anyway, they have a million strawberry street food things over there uh, that I've rarely seen that much of them anywhere else, actually. Yes, I remember uh, strawberries dipped in sugar very vividly, right? They would have maybe three or four strawberries on a stick. Beautiful strawberries. They look like they're frozen maybe not frozen they look like they're in a they're, they look like they're in an ice cube right like in a in a in a round ice cube and they're just it crazy how aesthetic it looks yeah and then you bite in it and you have this this crunchy sugar coat around it and then weirdly a very fresh a strawberry as again it's somehow strawberry season in december but is it good it is quite good. It's very sweet. I mean, it's sugar with strawberries. Not as sweet as you would expect it to be. So I think those two foods for sure are, are most memorable street foods from, from the cold season, let's say. Mm. What about not street food? Not street food. Because actually talking about those frozen strawberries made me think about something, which is somehow in Korea, winter is ice cream season. Oh. Can we talk about how Korea is ice cream season? Why? <laughs> I, you're right. Very weird. I mean, the whole thing around ice cream in Korea is a bit nuts in itself, I think. But for me, what was the most impressive, I guess, was the Baskin Robbins ice cream shops. They managed to sell ice cream all year round. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's high season in December, exactly. somehow. <laughs> Their shops were filled from October to February, nonstop. And I was like, why? It's so cold. This was, for us, this was really questionable. It's, it's super questionable and super weird when you're European, I think. But actually in Asia, it sort of makes sense. Uh, it's not only Korea, actually, that has a high ice cream season in, a, in winter. It's because in Asia, there's really this idea that you eat things that are temperature that is around you. So in summer, actually, the trend is to eat very warm, spicy stuff. <laughs> and in wind and in the winter, it's to eat very ice stuff. So it's it doesn't really sound like it makes sense when you're from Europe and you do the exact opposite. But in Asia, it's totally normal to have an ice cream shop filled at 9 p.m. with families eating buckets of ice cream in Baskin and Robbins or any other of the many, many ice cream shops that are around the city. <laughs> Another top seller is Bingsu, which is basically a Korean dessert which has shaved ice covered with sweet milk and very inventive toppings on top. You can have the normal one with red bean paste, but then you can also have some with brownies, some with strawberries, actually, <laughs> since we're talking about strawberries, also a big classic. You, you just have so many toppings on top of this gigantic pile of shaved ice. It's beautiful and also very nice to eat. But also, it's sold mostly in winter. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I think I just can't get over that. The first time I came to Korea was in summer in 2015. And I remember that with my friend, we were going around and we were wondering how the hell all those ice cream shops, how can this 10 like ice cream shop we've seen in the same street 
be open in winter and survive the whole year in this country. And then when I came back in Korea the year after and stayed over the, the winter, I realized, oh, okay, actually winter is high season. So it, it was just, it's just culturally very different. We also managed to offer very enticing ice cream designs, right? We have talked about this before as well, mm. about their ingenuity in designing beautiful pa uh, pastry. And of course they do the same with ice cream cakes. So they have whole little, very cute Christmas wonderlands and little trees and whatever you can imagine, little Santa Clauses on their ice cream cakes. They all just look straight out of a CGI movie. It's, uh, it, was, it's, it was always mind boggling to just see what they do and how good it all looks. To be honest, I don't remember if we ever had one. Did we have one? So I... I don't think we had one when we were there, but afterwards, some friend got me a ice cream cake for my birthday one year. It was so pretty and, and actually really nice because I would argue ice cream cakes in Korea might be better than actual cakes in some cases okay. <laughs> because it's, it's more tasty. They have more uh, variety. And again, let's not forget I'm French here and I have pretty high standards when it comes to cakes. <laughs> but in Korea, they tend to be very either a bit bland or very creamy. They're just so, so pretty to look at. But then somehow the taste often falls short. There's exceptions to this, obviously. But the ice cream cakes are legit. They're really good. And they're so beautiful. I think because of the ice cream and the fact that you can freeze them and all, like they can get more creative with the, the drawing, the, the sculpture side of it. And they can probably use more shapes to yeah make like cute animals or they often have mascots from brands or things like this so it's just it's just so pretty can you imagine bt21 themed christmas wonderland cake that sounds amazing i mean i don't have to imagine it i'm pretty sure i saw it somewhere <laughs> nice <laughs> like, i'm pretty sure i mean it would be surprising if not right exactly yeah the ice cream ice cream topic is uh, this is crazy yeah this Every time, this was just incomprehensible for our minds, I guess. Well, one thing we didn't talk about with Christmas in Korea yet is that Christmas actually also is quite differently celebrated in Korea. It is a day off, somehow. But I was actually talking about it with friends last week about this, which are um, friends who are Korean. And they were, we were asking them, but so why is Christmas day off in Korea? Because it's a couple's holiday. It's not a family holiday. No one really care about Christmas. It's just this day for couples to go out and celebrate. It's kind of like Valentine's Day, I guess, in some ways. But no one really knows why Christmas specifically is off. It's just overall very confusing. I didn't know that. But I do distinctly remember that they had huge Christmas decorations in Seoul everywhere, right? So they would... They, they... They definitely put themselves into the Christmas spirit, and uh, at least in terms of a commercial display of what basically nowadays encapsulates Christmas. So all these huge uh, decorations, these huge Santa Clauses, the decoration everywhere, the stores, the lights, of course, there's always lights everywhere, all year long, but they just change the lights for Christmas lights around Christmas. I'm assuming as it, it is an imported uh, religion, right? Christianity, I guess, um, to Korea, they probably celebrate it as a mix, right? And, uh, a mix between their own culture and what has been brought to them. 
you well, would assume. I no? feel like what was imported from Christmas is only the commercial aspect of it. The Christmas yep. songs, the lights, the decorations. In Well, we were, again, talking about Myeongdong. Myeongdong is always crazy because there's so many big department stores. There's this department store called Shinsege. It looks like a castle. It, they put lights along the sides that just make it look like a castle. And then in between you have screens that display those magnificent, colorful videos and animations that are Christmassy and at the same time artsy. It's beautiful, but it's mostly around the commercial part because there's no gift giving at Christmas. Like I said, it's a couple things. So <laughs> hotels and motels are very happy about it because it's the night of the year for them. All, everything is booked. Never, if you want to reserve a hotel in Korea, never do it on Christmas Day or if you do like book a year earlier or something. <laughs> it's not the right day to, to book a hotel in the country. It's just very, yeah, it, it's just very interesting that it's mostly the commercial aspect and not the actual meaning that we give it in the, in the Western countries. How would you explain that they do import the commercial aspect, but the gift giving culture is not so strong? This is, this is a bit paradox, no? I kind of. I, I don't really, I can't really explain it, especially, I wonder if it's because in Korea, they might have a different gift giving culture. Yeah. That one I'm I'm really going out on a limb. I'm not I'm not sure. But now gift giving in Korea is a big thing. It's just that it's not really limited to one day. There are days where you gift things. For example, there are so many days in the year, like Pipero Day, where basically you gift Pipero, which are thin biscuit sticks dipped in chocolate. Yep. So that, that one you'll give something, then there's there's other days in the year for couples, around couples, where you also gift each other things. And maybe at Christmas, as a couple, you gift each other something. But the whole gift-giving tradition that we have in Western countries, where you gift your whole family, where everyone prepares their gifts, weeks in advance, all of that, it's not really something okay. that is traditional in Korea. So somehow they got the whole commercialization aspect, but still they get away with not having to get presents for their whole families. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a win-win. Well, <laughs> that, but you do get Christmas songs fatigue because they're oh. in every single cafes, every single bars outside in the street. It's just so exhausting. I like Christmas songs. I like Christmas music, but why so much? <laughs> Yeah, this might actually be an interesting details to talk about. Do you get European Christmas carols? I guess in Europe, everywhere you hear the same songs, right? Mm. Well, you have covers by Koreans of those songs. You have okay. covers, like, you know, just piano covers of the songs. You have the songs themselves. Uh, you have musics which sound like it, but aren't exactly the traditional one. But they, they, they have this... Christmas vibe to them, you know, those little bells and, and shimmers that you can hear. And you, you'll have just, yeah, kind of a mix of everything. But those songs tend to be actually the Christmas songs that we listen to in the West as well, like the typical that you would think of. Yep. Yeah. But there's a lot of Korean covers for sure. Yeah. Talking of all those bells and jingles, I was actually wondering what sort of crazy special effects you were going to cook up for this episode. <laughs> because we didn't address the fact that last last time, Kevin did put sound effects in there, which were as much of a surprise to me when I listened as for you. 
<laughs> it did not say what he was gonna put and where. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it worked Nothing. pretty well. They were on point. <laughs> Thank you. So I don't know if my mind is entirely changed about this, but I'm willing to give it a try. So surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see what we can cook up. That's a good point to to go to the recommendations. If you have any, do you have a good green uh, drama to recommend? It revolves around Christmas or just winter, maybe? Um, yeah, so I, I search for a Christmas drama. But like we said, Koreans aren't really into Christmas specials or, you know, <laughs> Christmas things that they make themselves uh, in general. Um, but I wasn't going to let this stop me. I searched in my memory very hard to find you a cozy drama for this winter. It took me at least a full minute. Guys, it's a lot for me. <laughs> to choose when the weather is fine. So when the weather is fine is a 16 episode drama. It's on Netflix. It has subtitles. What's the story? It's about a 30 something challenge. She quits her job in the city and goes back to stay at her aunt's village after some unfortunate accident to make it short. Um, she used to live, she used to live in that village when she was in high school and she had a friend there, her aunt's neighbor, which is a very conveniently nice and very handsome guy, obviously. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, so I watched this drama back in 2020. I was confined. Uh, it was, you know, not that snowy at that point, I think. Uh, but I still very vividly remember the vibe. And there's a lot of contrast between the harsh, cold reality of the world and the warm, safe relationship that those two develop, quite literally. Because visually, there's always the outside burrowed in white and then the inside of the house with soft blankets and lit candles. The, the main guy is always drinking a hot coffee uh, outside the, on the porch, but, you know, under like this warm light. Um, so it, it's very uh, beautiful. The romance burns slow in the snow. There's a lot of poetry to it. It's, it's just very nice drama. Did I like it? Because the love interest is a bookstore owner. Maybe. <laughs> in any case, it's perfect for Christmas. There's even Christmas magic, you know. The main guy makes enough money to live with his little bookstore countryside. So, and I still have no idea how. This is really the question I had the whole drama was, how the hell does this guy survive? by selling three books a year to the same people. <laughs> it was just... Pretty sure you're not focusing on the <laughs> essence of this uh, of this drama then. Maybe not. But if that isn't the true miracle of Christmas we're all looking for, I don't know what is. <laughs> so there we are. This is my recommendation. I recommend the, this very nice drama called When the Weather is Fine. Will you watch it, Kevin? Probably not. Did I convince you? No. <laughs> And with this, this is the end of today's episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I tried to stay away from Christmas movies. That's fine. That's just me. Maybe I need to do a disclaimer then, which is that this drama actually isn't really about Christmas. I recommend it because it's wintry. Like it has the, the vibe of Christmas. If you want to see snow and there's no snow where you are, you'll see snow in this drama. But there's no... Christmas thing really there's not really Christmas there's no Christmas song it's, it's not about Christmas but it is in the snow it is warm and it's a bit slow and it, it's really perfect for okay. for the holidays okay <laughs> not convinced yet not entirely at least <laughs> well I guess I can't <laughs> win every time 
So I'll take the That's I'll take fair. the little wins. <laughs> so with that, it's the end of today's episode. Well, this will also be the last episode this year. Oh, that is true. Wow, this this went by fast. Can't believe we've done this for half a year. Yes, it's already been half a year. I agree. <laughs> this went by very. Quickly. I know it's crazy. So we really hope you enjoyed today's uh, winter slash Christmas episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. We had a lot of fun. Reach out to us on Instagram at soulbound underscore podcast or old school via email at soulboundpodcast at gmail.com. We are always on the lookout for stories about Korea to feature in our next episode and would love to hear yours. So don't be shy. You listened to Soulbound. We hope you had fun and had a nice journey. See you next episode. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And hear you next year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.